Good morning and welcome to St Catherine's Church, online and from the comfort of your own homes. Today is Palm Sunday, the day on which the Church remembers Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, the Holy City. We're going to spend some time together looking at Jesus, thinking about what true leadership looks like and what we can learn from his example today. We'll see how Jesus was victorious in the most unexpected of ways, being lifted up on a cross, and we're going to think about what that means for us. We're also going to look forward together to the time when he'll return to rule and to reign in our world, and we'll be challenged to consider what part we have to play until he comes again.
reading today is taken from Matthew 21, verse 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them straight away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
When today's reading was written, like us, the Jews found themselves living in some really challenging times. Israel had been occupied by the Romans, who were oppressing the Jews. Now, Judea had been an independent nation, and many Jews believed that as God's chosen people, they would remain free forever. But soon it became clear that the world's greatest empire couldn't be resisted. Everything about Roman occupation was hateful to the Jews, from oppressive taxes to physical abuse by Roman soldiers and the repugnant idea that the Roman leader was in fact God. That meant that other gods were not tolerated, so the Jews weren't free to worship as they wished. Back then, just like today, there were different attitudes towards the ruling party, in this case the Romans. The Pharisees took the view that Roman occupation, oppressive though it may be, just had to be endured until God removed it. The Sadducees, on the other hand, favoured cooperation with the Roman government, and the Zealots, the most popular of the people, wanted a violent revolt led by a messianic king. So at the time of Jesus, people were watching and waiting for that new messianic king, somebody who would set them free and enable them to live life to the full, to live life as they chose. They were waiting for a human king from David's line, a military king who would be an immediate liberation from an oppressive and cruel Roman rule. As Jesus travelled towards Jerusalem, he was followed by a huge pilgrim crowd as he approached the city from the Mount of Olives, which overlooks Jerusalem on the east. The crowd were mainly Galileans, Jesus' own people, and their cry was nothing short of a coronation. Hosanna to the son of David, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is the Greek equivalent of a Hebrew word meaning save us now. So they were crying out and asking Jesus to save them, no doubt because of what they'd heard and seen him do. Later in the reading, as Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem itself, the response of the Judean people is altogether different. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, the whole city is stirred up and they ask, Who is this? Many of them may have been encountering Jesus for the first time. Today, if that's you, then as we journey through this passage, allow that question to stay at the forefront of your mind. Who is Jesus for me? This whole episode happened at the time of the Feast of Passover, when great crowds travelled to Jerusalem. The feast points back to the time of Moses, and to the ten plagues in Egypt that occurred before Pharaoh could release God's people from his oppressive slavery. The story can be found in the book of Exodus, and it ends with those who trusted God killing a lamb and placing its blood over their doorposts. This was a sign that sacrificial death had already occurred in that household, leading to death passing over those family homes. They were spared death, the final plague in Egypt. Josephus, a first-century Romano-Jewish historian who was born in Jerusalem, estimated that around 2.7 million people would assemble there for this feast. Together they'd remember this significant part in their people's history, and they'd worship God. This number may well have been an exaggeration, but it was no doubt a massive festival, and there would have been an amazing sense of excitement and expectation surrounding Jesus as he entered into Jerusalem. Was this the promised one? Was their long-awaited personal and political freedom finally going to become a reality, 
and would their Roman oppressors finally be overthrown? Their cry, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is from Psalm 118. Now this psalm was always used to welcome pilgrims into Jerusalem for the Passover. But in today's reading, they're using it to welcome Jesus, the one who they perceive to be the Messiah, their King and their Redeemer. Jesus was a King, but he didn't ride into Jerusalem triumphantly, powerfully or on an impressive stallion. He was a different kind of leader altogether. See, your King comes to you, gentle. This isn't a characteristic of leadership that the world expects. Yet, it's at the heart of Jesus' servant-hearted leadership. The Greek word for gentle means considerate, unassuming. It's the opposite of aggressive or self-seeking. Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey. What a contrast to many leaders in our history, secular and religious. Leaders who've travelled with pomp and ceremony and with an ostentatious entourage. Jesus' mode of transport is a sign of his great humility. It's the opposite of pride and arrogance, which can so easily creep into human leadership. Just a few months ago, we looked for leadership from those whose names were in lights. The pop stars, the television personalities and the celebrities of football and rugby. Those whose fame had helped them acquire a great fortune. Suddenly, though, we find ourselves in a very new normality, in a world where real leadership comes from those who might normally have been overlooked or taken for granted. The lorry drivers bringing urgent medical supplies to our hospitals or delivering food to our supermarkets. The cleaner, whose work is essential if we're to limit the spread of infection. Utility workers needed to keep oil, gas, electricity, water and sewerage running. Food chain workers, including farmers and those who work on checkouts in the local supermarkets. Teachers, carers and NHS workers. These are the true leaders, the heroes of our time. When the chaos of coronavirus is nothing but a distant memory, I hope that we'll remember that great leadership doesn't always come in the way that we expect it to come. You might be someone who's let your ego get the better of you in the past. You may have looked down on others whose jobs or skills you didn't consider as good or as important as your own. Or conversely, you may have been somebody who's spoken about yourself as just a cleaner or just a lorry driver. You might have been tempted to think that you were not good enough, not able enough, or you simply had no real part to play. Just as we've seen during the coronavirus crisis, Today, Jesus shows us that great leadership comes in the most unexpected of ways. And I hope that one thing that we can take from these strange days in which we find ourselves living is a new understanding of our value and the value of others. Don't write somebody off because they're sitting on their equivalent of a donkey and not conforming to your expectations of greatness. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is an acted parable which is designed to correct the misguided expectations of the crowd and to show the city of Jerusalem the way of peace. Shortly after this incredible episode, John's Gospel tells us that there were some Greeks at the festival. They came to Philip and asked to see Jesus. Philip told Andrew and together they went to tell Jesus. These were not Jews, they were pagans, outsiders who would have been frowned on by the religious elite but they were clearly intrigued by Jesus 
and they were keen to know more about him. Perhaps they were wondering if there was a place for them too in this new and better kingdom that this messianic figure was about to usher in. John tells us that Jesus answered, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He wasn't talking about an opportunity to show off in front of his guests, but about his gruesome death on a cross. He goes on to say, I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. John then explains that he said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. Might you, like those Greeks, be wondering if there's a place for you in Jesus' kingdom? You might feel like an outsider, not strong enough or able enough or worthy enough to enter in. The good news is this. Your place isn't secured because of who you are or what you've done or even what you haven't done. You'll never be worthy of a place in your own strength, neither will you ever deserve it. But your place in his kingdom is nothing to do with you and it's everything to do with Jesus, who he is and what he's done. He did this with your name in mind. Jesus dies a gruesome death because this is the way that Jesus and God the Father have planned to deal with our selfishness, our sin and our rebellion against God and others. Jesus took the punishment that we deserve, the punishment that he didn't deserve on himself, and he offers you sweet, life-giving, personal relationship with God, a relationship that he bought for you by his blood on the cross. It's an anxious time for many of us at the moment. Many of us are afraid, some of us are in pain and others are dying. Jesus experienced these things too. The Bible gives us an insight into the inner struggles of Jesus' heart as he faces his trial, his suffering and death. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. This is a God who is alongside you in your struggles, a God who knows what it is to be anxious, to hurt, and to grieve. Jesus' victory doesn't come through military force, but through his self-sacrificial death, a death that signifies the judgment of the world, the overthrow of evil, the glorification of Jesus, and the drawing of all people to himself. One day Jesus will return as the triumphant king to rule and to reign for all eternity. In the meantime, you are called to be the light in the darkness. If you live under the leadership of Jesus, then the light will be within you and shining through your lives. You will be children of light, and God will honour you. Jesus says, My Father will honour the one who serves me. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we're here after another crazy, bizarre week um, of coronavirus lockdown and life as we know it um, continues to change and we are trying to get used to it and get our heads around it and it's exhausting for all involved. And God, as I think of you um, coming into Jerusalem on that donkey, I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you are a God who gets stuck into the mess. If you were physically living here today, God, I thank you that you'd be in those COVID-19 wards with the patients, mopping their brows, doing what you could. You'd be with the nurses and the doctors and the cleaners and the physios 
and the people who work in the canteens um, who are exhausted and fearful and anxious working in hospital environments where where this this virus is is rampant God God I thank you that you're a God who does not shy away from hardship and struggle but that is where that is where you would go and I thank you God that you would you would be in the homes with families who are frustrated and trying to and tearing their hair out because they don't know how to how to have this new life within four walls when everything screams out just to get out into nature and the sunshine you're a god who would be sitting with the lonely and the isolated holding their hands talking to them connecting with them showing how valued they were i thank you god that on this sunday that's the god we worship And Jesus, I thank you that the Easter story does not end with you living on earth, but it ends at Pentecost when your spirit came and filled every one of your children with your Holy Spirit and power and connection with you, always God. I thank you that you didn't choose to stay on earth so that a select few could have direct contact with you, but that every single person who chooses to invite you into their life can know you, can connect with you, Lord, right now, whether they are lonely, frustrated in isolation in their homes for who knows how long or if they are exhausted and weary and frightened on the front line God I thank you that your Holy Spirit is available to everyone because of Easter I thank you that that is the God we are worshipping today and we are coming before and giving our prayer request to and I want to I want to pray for all the people I represent I'm a nurse working in the hospitals. I want to pray for every single healthcare worker, for every single key worker out there now not staying at home, from the bin men to the people in Tesco's stacking shelves, to the hospital workers, to the people trying to sort out our benefit system, God. God, we are all weary and exhausted. Please give us strength to keep going. When we are anxious and fearful, give us peace to calm uh, and give peace to others God help us shine your light in this dark scary situation and I pray for all the people my husband Adrian represents whose life has just been turned upside down and they are always prisoners within their own four walls God and are doing the right thing they're doing their civic duty and staying inside but that is a struggle that is a sacrifice just as much a sacrifice to make life so small when the world is so big God, I pray for Adrian and all the people he represents, all of, all of you who, who are, are stuck at home and already it is tiring and exhausting and you don't know how you're going to cope for the next week, never mind the next month. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would come into each and every family in their home. I pray your peace would push out the anxiety and the fear and the stress and the frustration. Lord, I pray for every single group, those of us who are going out as key workers and cannot stay at home, those of us who must stay at home to do their duty, God, I just pray for everyone, for the leaders involved in coordinating this massive, big, worldwide, life-saving mission. Be involved, God. We invite you to be involved. Come and save lives and rescue people and get us through this. And God... We only see, we see what's on the news and it's so bad and it seems so hopeless, God, but you're a God of hope and you see more than we see. And I pray that you would bring blessings and you would bring good stuff and you would show us hope and encouragement 
in these tough times, whether we are outside of our home or inside it. And God, ultimately, we lift you up and we worship you that you are above coronavirus. You are above worldwide lockdown. You are bigger than this. And although we are not, we hold on to your arms and your legs. And we are with you. And you give us strength, God. For every single person listening and for everybody who needs it today, I pray for your love, your strength and your peace in the weeks to come. Amen. So as we begin another week, I want to reassure you of our love and our prayers. We miss you and we long for that time when we'll see you again face to face. But for now, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. And then our King will wipe 
alone was sacrificed Lord Jesus I will heed your call and give my heart